Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. My three words for this, baffling, embarrassing, and infuriating. Yeah. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This is what the new Nyes should be. This is what this is what should happen at Nyes, the new Nyes. Instead of like karaoke or Mancini's. I we don't like need karaoke. <laughs> just put a, put, put, a, put a Paul Anka, I Richard just thought of something. in there. This might be a big mistake on our part because this could be a format. This could be a format flip. AM radio, AM fifteen hundred, your lounge act station. I think we might have just replaced ourselves. Oh, I think that could uh, that could be a real possibility. Coming up next, a little more Paul Anka for you. Yeah, uh, Judd Zolgan here, spinning the tunes. <laughs> yes, on my seventh oh. seventh job here at fifteen hundred. <laughs> I am Teflon, ironclad contract. Wild loss. Any format, any code. Tough loss for I our, still stand. Tough loss for our wild last mm-hmm. night, but we'll get through it. And here's how. Here's some more Paul Anka for you. So, uh, baseball season starts if you count spring training as like the first, you know, artificial start time. Pitchers and catchers for most teams report next week. Mm-hmm. Not only does baseball during its regular season, get cut into by NFL offseason things, NBA playoffs, NBA offseason. I mean, it's like baseball in season. And then baseball's playoffs in October, more people watch the NFL. Absolutely. Now, the World Series has been pretty good the last couple of years, and, and people have watched for sure. And the Yankees are back in the playoffs, and there's some big markets. But baseball's turf gets infringed upon on a regular basis. If you're baseball... And you're in the middle of what should be a raucous hot stove season with tons of A and B list free agents available in the week or two leading up to spring training. And basketball steals your thunder again during a pretty boring regular season Mm -hmm. with blockbuster trades up and down yesterday. Mm -hmm. At what point are you ashamed? Like, at what point do all parties involved say, all right, you Darvish, J.D. Martinez, let's just figure this thing out, okay? Let's stop looking for $200 million contract Scott Boris. Let's be reasonable here and let's make some headlines. Pitchers and catchers report in less than a week I know. Well, to Arizona and Florida. It's so bad now that I saw a report this week that there's going to be sort of an, a little training camp itself for players who haven't signed yet. And Boris has already said, my clients will not well, be there. You know what? Here's my, here's my thing. Forget the individuals for one second. Bleep baseball. This is ridiculous. We have been driven. The Mackey and Judge Show has been driven to reckless speculation. By baseball. It's not our fault. Reckless speculation. Yeah, because there's nothing because to actually, supposed, there's, there's no real moves Because being we're made. supposed to be talking about things like, hey, the Twins signed a starting pitcher, right? Or, or you know, heck, take your pick. Darvish didn't sign here. 
you know, forget him coming here, and he signed with the Red Sox or the Dodgers. And, oh, boy, how is this going to change things? Yeah. We've been driven to recklessly speculate about quarterbacks and NBA trades because baseball, once again, has failed to do its job. And this is, you know, we talk about pace of play on the field. How about pace of play off the field? And how about the fact that baseball, here's what, this drives me nuts because I love the sport. And I, I know that uh, you do as well. This is what drives me crazy. It's my favorite sport. I don't think. And I hate it right now. I don't think that the powers that be truly comprehend where they're at. I think they think they're important still. And I think they and I think they think you know if uh, if players don't sign the public will be fine. No, we're all we're all bored with you. Well, here's one of the things that I I jumped out of my chair this morning when I saw this story. And I'm getting this from uh, Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic, who's a wonderful reporter and he's been on this station throughout the years. He's reporting, this is so dumb, not the report, like the thing that's being reported is so dumb, that J.D. Martinez, who's the best available bat out there, there's a few bats out there, but he's probably the best available bat. When he's been healthy, he's been incredible. That he's become, quote, fed up with the Boston Red Sox lack of flexibility with their negotiation process. There's a reported five-year, $125 million contract offer on the table for J.D. Martinez. Although his agent, Scott Boris, denies all of it, denies that he's, I deny, deny, this is Scott Boris. blah, blah, blah. So here's my question for J.D. Martinez and Scott Boris. And I, ordinarily, I'm all for players. You know what? Go get, go get, go get money from billionaires, right? Billionaires can afford it and people pay money to watch the sport. So, you know, go get your money and bravo. You're, you're really talented in an industry where, you know, the infrastructure is set up for you to make life-changing money. But when you're being offered five years, $125 million, and you've missed 80 games over the past two years due to injury, and you're one of the worst outfielders in baseball, and you're 30, you're on the wrong side of 30, 31 years old, and that contract would make you one of the five highest paid position players in baseball, you're out of your mind if you don't sign that contract. If the Red Sox really have a five-year, $125 million contract on the table, and agents and players are crying collusion I think you should be crying delusion if you think a team owes you more than that much money over five years. Here's another one. I saw this story on CBSSports.com a couple months ago. We brought this up with Thad Levine two days ago. Jake Arrieta, who was amazing like three years ago. So Jake Arrieta is 32 years old. He's declining the last two years. He misses games. He's not the same Cy Young Award pitcher he was a couple years ago, three years ago. And Scott Boris reportedly walked into a meeting earlier this offseason at the winter meetings with a binder that suggested a $200 million contract for Jake Arrieta. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, on what planet should the teams be held accountable or should the teams be blamed for this lack of movement when you've got guys like Jake Arrieta and J.D. Martinez scoffing at $125 million offers from the Red Sox. And if get the hell out of here. And if the Boris clients were were just the lost cause, I would say, you know what? It's Boris's fault, but we have a group of players who are are represented by a lot of different people who still have not signed. And this to me is a yes. con- this is a conversation. This is a what we're what we've seen this winter is a is symptomatic of what's wrong with baseball. Mm-hmm. It's this is a bigger conversation. And all I have to say to the entire sport, Commissioner Manfred, all of you, is this. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure out your place, your place in the landscape. You used to be a really big deal. You did. But you're not now. 
you are you are still a you can be a great sport. You're not a great sport right now. You can be a great sport. You can be fantastic. But figure it out. Don't you know you're going through this now and and during the season your games a year ago were 3 hours plus. Figure all of this out and get back to me. This is this you you are making everything you do and this is True of agents, this is true of players, and this is true of the people that own the teams. You're making everything you do as difficult as possible, and you're in for a a rude awakening because if you now have your first uh, work stoppage when the CBA is up, I think it's 2021 or so, if you have your first work stoppage since 94, people aren't going to get mad this time. People are going to yawn in your face, walk away, and forget about you. Yes, and I think I try to figure it out. I try to put myself in the shoes of the other side here, too, because I'm siding. Rarely do I side with the billionaires in these arguments, but I mean, it's not like it's if the reports are true and you Darvish has $100 million on the table, and if if JD Martinez has $125 million on the table, and Jake Arietta is probably being offered $15 to $20 million a year to pitch at age 32, declining and injury issues, enough is enough. At some point, it's monopoly money. And but I think putting putting myself in the shoes of an agent and a player, they're looking at mistakenly. Other players who have signed the last two or three years and saying, well, wait a second, J.D. Martinez is better than Jason Hayward, and Jason Hayward signed a $26 million a year contract like for Jason like six Worth years. Jason got paid a ton a few years ago. Right, or yeah. like Jonas Cespedes makes $29 million yeah. a year. Okay, sorry, those are terrible but, contracts. Right. So teams are learning from some of these terrible contracts finally and saying, okay, totally understand that Yes, Albert Pujols makes $27 million a year on an 8- or 9- or 10-year contract, but that's a mistake. That's way too much money for an aging, declining guy. That guy hasn't been a top player in five years. But here's my feeling. It's up to you to figure this out and take care of it. Like, we we as fans, the public should not have to put up with BS from a sport that is, is far closer to hockey right now than football. This is not a sport that is is coming at us in a commanding position. Yeah. If the National Football League goes out around 2020, guess what? It's going to be a big story. It's going to be a big deal. And on Sundays, people are going to be very upset, and people are going to be mad at the sport, but they're going to be mad at it because they desperately want it back. I don't think baseball understands the amount of apathy towards it right now. And everything that they do sort of says to the fans, we don't really care. Your offseason has been non-existent. Non-existent. And baseball should, and this is the problem, it's not as easy as saying, well, they should fix it because both sides are seeing it differently, so I totally get that. But to your point, you know, baseball, younger audiences are going over to basketball. They're going over to soccer. Yep. In fact, you know, I just, I I spoke with, um, it was an off-the-record conversation, but I I spoke with a high-level person in in one of these sports I just mentioned. You went Doogie? I did. I'm going to go Doogie on you right now. Who laid out some information about like the trends of sports? Uh-huh. And if you're under the age of 20 right now, if you're a millennial or under, baseball is not on your radar. It is not on your radar. Absolutely. And the reason why basketball is on the radar more often than baseball is because of days like yesterday. Yeah, the regular season might not be super fun to watch because it's 82 games, and you know the playoffs don't start until and even the playoffs kind of drag on in basketball because we all know who's going to play in the finals. But, oh, my God, the Cavs just traded half their team. Or in the offseason, holy crap, Kevin Durant's going to the Warriors, and it's bang, bang, and, and, it's, they market, and it's action. And they, they market their superstars in expert fashion. Baseball yes. does not. Baseball baseball operates from the premise that we we still care a lot. Well, let's, let's pause this for a second. 
Um, Tom's going to tell you why you were wrong on line one here. So we'll get to his call. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. From a twin standpoint, if I'm the twins, at some point, I might just say, all right, you Darvish, whatever. Let's let's offer $10 million extra dollars over the life of a contract to Alex Cobb and let's move on with our lives. Because at some point, you got to put your team together when spring training starting. But there's one thing, and it's a it's a flaw in the system. And I think if I'm the players, if I'm you know if I'm complaining about the system, there's one or two things they could easily do that we can get into. To uh, Mackie and Judd sitting here in the TCL broadcast studios, also Dave Pash to talk Wolves and Bulls at the top of the hour. All right, listen up, pay attention. Mackie and Judd are back. Action on 1500. ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, proud sponsor of The Beer Show. There's my Bon Jovi. I just want to live while I'm alive. John Bon Jovi listed uh, among the many musicians contributing to the actual album. Here. Oh, really? Keyboards, background vocals, little drum work. He was all over. That's genius. He probably loved it. It's genius. Uh, how many albums did, is this? Paul Anka still? Yes. Okay. How many? Is it just the one album? I'd have to look it up, but uh, I mean, this was th- that's from Rock Swings again. There's 14 different tracks off okay. that one album. Beautiful. Oh, it's so good, so good. <laughs> um, so we're we're bitching about baseball right now. That's what we're doing, and b- baseball has such an opportunity in the off season, especially to be exciting. I mean, the NFL and the NBA and the NHL too, if you follow the sport and you know who the players are that are going back and forth, they all have active off seasons. Yes. It's like big splashy moves and baseball sometimes gives you that, but it starts in November mm-hmm. and then it plays out until February. And there's this four, three to four month stretch where sometimes there's a flurry of activity. Sometimes there's not. And I've said this, a couple people are chiming in here on Twitter too. And I've said this for years, the lack of a salary cap prevents the structure needed for for urgency, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what Kevin Durant is going to make in the NBA, so it's just a matter of where he's going to play. Right. And it happens. My my only point is this. Everything baseball does assumes that we'll just always be there. So it's not just this one thing. It's how baseball sort of treats its fans. It's baseball just assumes we're really important. And so people will, no, people are bored with you. Yeah, and I, and I blame the players a lot more than the owners in this particular case because if J.D. Martinez is really sitting on a $125 million deal over five years, as has been reported, and he's just waiting for the Red Sox to be, quote, more flexible with their negotiation process, he's a Scott Boris client, you're out of your damn mind, dude. I know you're one of the best hitters in baseball, and you're going to get paid like it for the next five years, but you've missed 80 games the last two years, and you're one of the worst defensive outfielders in baseball. So take your $125 million, move on, and if you're still good after that chunk of time— Somebody will pay you when you're 35, 36 years old. 651-646-8255. I have another theory to run by you here, but Tom's on hold. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Tom. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Tom? Okay, Tom. I think Tom has to turn his radio Might have to turn the radio down. Um, so let me fire this at you old here. Old school problem there. Yep. I'm going to put myself in the shoes of a J.D. Martinez, and I'm not expecting you to do the sympathy violins or anything, but he is becoming a free agent for the first time in his professional life at age 30. Going to be 31 midseason. Mm-hmm. He's made, according to baseball reference, $21 million so far. And he's been playing professional baseball for over a decade. The, the problem with the current structure from a player's perspective is after you're done riding buses in the minor leagues, which for a lot of guys, if you're from like the Dominican Republic or somewhere, 
and you sign with a system when you're 17, 16, 17 years old, or even if you're just, you know, a high school kid, 18 years old, a Trevor Plouffe, you ride buses and make very little money outside of your signing bonus. So if you're not a first round pick, you you know, you don't really have any life changing money in your bank account and you're making maybe 50 grand to ride buses, which again, like you're playing baseball for a living. So it's not the end of the world. But you ride buses for, let's say, five or six years until you're 24, 25 years old, and then you get called up. And now you're under team control for another six years of service time. A lot of guys don't hit free agency until they're 28, 30, maybe 31 years old, and they're looking to make up for lost dollars. So they're living in a different world financially. So they're like them, them making $500,000 at minimum wage, that's a lifetime's worth of money for some people. I totally understand that. For baseball players, they're saying, wait a second, J.D. Martinez was one of the best hitters in baseball three years ago, making like a million dollars, looking around the league saying, wait a second, Albert Pujols is making, he's he's fading and making $27 million. I should get mine. But you know what? Go to the negotiating table and say, how about instead of six years team control where they can limit my earning power after I rode a bus for six or seven years in the minor league, so I might be, I might be limited in my earning potential for a decade. Go negotiate something different. And that's what they're going to have to do. But the issue, once again, then, is is if if they have uh, the first striker lockout since 94, the issue that you're going to r- run into is I think people honestly won't care this time. They just, they, these two sides, and they did a decent job of this for a while, I do believe, but they aren't now. They need to get together and say, what can we do that's best for the, the game? And And the lack of guys signing alone wouldn't bug me. It's the trend in the sport. It's when I see the disintegration in the sport as far as its fan base. And to your point before, when you had a high-ranking executive tell you that if you know, you're know you dealing with an 18-year-old kid, they don't care about baseball, that's disturbing. That's bad news. And so my question is, what is baseball doing to address that? And right now, my answer is, I have no clue and it doesn't appear much. I think they just think... Those fans will be there, and they'll come and they'll come out. And Target Field's great because Target Field is the best outdoor sports bar in town, and I get that. But as far as the product on the field right now, your games are too long. You've got certain guys when when Mejia starts a game, you might be there for four hours. Yeah, that's not attractive. Now you've got you know a winter where where basically we've talked about Darvish how many times, and I and he's the top starting pitcher on the market. And we're a week right before pitchers and catchers report or less for some people. And he still has not signed. It's the totality of the entire thing. And I look at baseball and I think, okay, are they doing something? And I don't see it. You know, and can you imagine if in if in another sport, like you, you Darvish is one of the most recognizable baseball players in the world because he was he was the best pitcher in Japan, which has a population of, I don't know, 150 million. And he's one of the best pitchers in the major leagues the last several years. Like, he's one of the more recognizable names as a pitcher in the world. Could you imagine if Steph Curry was a free agent and waited, like, four months and the season was about to start in basketball and training camp was about to take place and, like, where's Steph Curry going to play? I don't know. Well, who's going to sign him? I don't know. James Harden. There's five teams in the mix. Uh, James Harden. James Harden's talking to Houston, but he feels he's getting lowballed, so he won't sign. Like, if this would be like if Kirk Cousins— Who becomes a free agent in a month? Yes. If training camp rolls around in J- in July and Kirk Cousins is still sitting out there, like, oh, oh, no one's offering me what I want. Yep. Well, it's a salary cap league. You know, there's you're not going to be able to demand half the salary cap, so it all kind of falls into place. It doesn't happen. 
Kirk Cousins will be on a team the third week in March. Of course he will be. And it'll be for a lot of money. And, and, and like this is where ba- this happens every but, bleeping year in baseball. But the thing about football, the, the page from football that you can take is this. They don't have any downtime now. That's what makes it fun. The Vikings get done, and you can immediately pivot to who's their quarterback. You can immediately pivot to about five conversations. And then you've got the combine. And then you've got free agency and the draft and camps. Football always keeps you engaged. And I look at baseball and I say, okay, are you doing that? And not only are are they not doing it, they're doing the opposite. They're basically begging you to go away. Yes. And then if you come back, cool. But they always assume you're going to come back. And that, to me, in 2018 is a huge mistake. Because there's a lot of options, and when your game moves slow, you need to you need to incentivize people to want to follow your game. And baseball is almost doing the opposite to me. Yeah, I agree, and it's, it's really to too watch. bad because I love the sport. It's too bad, and it's like from a Twins perspective too. I mean, the Twins reportedly, depending on who you follow, like John Heyman, it's hard to know exactly how much money has been offered to you, Darvish. But the Twins, by all accounts, are in the mix financially mm-hmm. with what everyone else has offered so far. That they've offered him a five-year contract upwards of a hundred plus million dollars. If you're a fan of the Twins, that's totally fair. A five if, if they're offering five years, a hundred, hundred ten, hundred twenty-five million dollars for you, Darvish, and there's four other teams that are in the same ballpark, and he's just holding out for Los Angeles or New York to up the ante even more. Like at some point, you got to draw the line, and there's no. And there's really no forced deadlines no other line. than April first exactly. if, if he's going to train on his own. So. Like, if the Twins miss out on you, Darvish, and they offered that much money over a five-year deal, I'm not going to fault them for drawing a line before six or seven years on a guy who definitely had his bleep rocked in the mm-hmm. World Series twice against elite offenses. It's just too bad. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's, it's just it's, too bad. It's disappointing that baseball has, and you and I love it, has so many opportunities to capture the attention. And they have in the World Series the last couple of years. It's been super fun. And so they've done a good job. But... They have so many opportunities to capture the attention, but a system that was once perfect in some ways 20 years ago is, before we knew about steroids and stuff right. uh, is disappointing now. All right, Dave, what kind of questions are you going to throw our way when we come back? Very good questions, Phil. I've got a little football-related thing. Give, uh, I've got an idea to fix the baseball offseason. I'm going to ask your thoughts on that and what Shannon Sharp is going to be doing with his vacation all right, it's Mackie and Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, let's get right to the heart of this thing. Mackie and Judd are back. Awesome. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan is here with some important questions. I fixed it. Baseball offseason, I've fixed it. Yeah. I know how to get players to sign. I know how to get players paid, get them contracts that are fair. It's very utopian, and there's no chance in hell it could ever work, but what the heck, let's dive in anyway. All right, here's how it works. Whether you're a rookie, whether you're a second-year guy, whether you're a fifth-year guy, you have a slotted pay scale, okay? You have a certain amount that you make based on your service time as well as your production in the league. All right, there's a general sort of a feel that everyone slots into a certain slot, okay? So if you're Brian Dozier, you've played for X many years, you've been this productive, you get this much money, and at the end of the year, 
Everyone has some sort of arbitration process. A panel looks at your production for the past year, the production that or the success of your team, and says, based on what you were paid and how successful this season was, you either deserve this much more money or not. Your thoughts. So I like that in principle, but I think both sides would shoot that down. Oh hell yeah, they would. For, yeah, for the for this well for this reason. <laughs> but it's simply it's something based on what you've done right. versus being paid on what we think you're going to do. See, Judd and I would shoot that down too because we want to. We don't want to be paid based on our yeah, radio that, ratings. That'd be bad. That'd be really bad. You'd for be us. paying back. Maybe the yeah. on-demand stuff, but. You know, from so I, I like that in theory that you should get paid based on how good you are in sports, and then no one can complain. That's what Vince McMahon has wanted to do with the XFL. But the problem there is players would balk at it because they want long term security, and they want if they get injured, they want to still get paid. You know, they don't want to. They want some. They want some assurances. Owners would balk without a salary cap and more revenue sharing, because if you're the Tampa Bay Rays, you thrive and really only compete if you can have guys like Evan Longoria under very team-friendly contracts. Like, the Rays aren't... If if the Rays had to pay David Price when he was 21 or 23 years old $20 million because that's how great he was and he was competing for Cy Young Awards, they wouldn't be able to afford it unless there was a better revenue-sharing system that allowed them. I mean, it's like in the NFL, if it was Green Bay versus the Giants and there was no salary cap and it was local TV revenue and... You know, there is revenue sharing in baseball, but not like in the NFL. Green Bay ain't going to be able to sign Aaron Rodgers over New York. Like New York would, New York would just offer more money to Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are owned by a bunch of Bills and on Alaska. You know, so that's the only thing. Like guys in this building, the Rays, you'd 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 cut out all of the the Pittsburghs and the Tampas and even the Kansas Cities and Minnesotas. While the idea wouldn't work, I like it. Thank you. And you know why? I like it because it at least addresses something here. And and that's what I told Phil. That's what's driving me crazy. I don't feel like these guys, I feel like they're still operating from the viewpoint of, well, we're baseball and therefore people will just follow us and we're important. Well, no, you're getting less and less important by the year. So I like the idea based on the fact that these sides need to sit down and understand their place in the sports world and in life. And they need to understand they are no longer nearly as important as they thought that they were. And they were very important 30 years ago. It's changed. So I like a new idea. One more theory on how to fix baseball offseason signing guys. A wave system. You create three-day periods where, say, all the free agent shortstops are available to sign. The next three days, it's only center fielders or all outfielders, whatever it is. You have a wave system creating demand and action among teams. Your thoughts? So I love creating deadlines and urgency and action. What happens, though, if your shortstop doesn't sign? It's like well, a garage then sale. you don't get it's to like sign until Last day is 25 March cents. 25 Mark him down. I haven't That's thought right. this out. I just thought of it 10 minutes ago. Come Mark, on. Mark Patman's no way details. down. 10 cents. Ten, Wave five, system. Five cents for Jason Bartlett. We're just giving him away. Just, just take yeah, him. I just worry that, uh, yeah, that. There's I, eight you, shortstops I, on the market. Your team needs one, and you've got three days to beat every other team to your guy. I said this a month ago. I would love to see, and and w- without a salary cap, it's tough, and it might not be possible, but I would love to see something done to incentivize a signing period. Because every other sport has a cap, and they have it, and it's great fun. And it is ridiculous when two, well, heck, two more, when a 
big group of really good players a week before pitchers and catchers report are sitting there. Well, you know what you could do? It's ridiculous. What you could do, I know most sports like to get 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 the show on the road, right? Free agency. You want mm-hmm. to be able to plan for your for your season next year. If you really wanted to create more urgency, you wouldn't allow anyone to sign until like January first. So your right. your big splash would so instead of opening it up after the World Series yes. in the second week of November, you'd wait until January first and create a five week window before pitches and catches report. And maybe maybe guys would still linger around, but I think you'd have five weeks of absolute a flurry of signings. But you wouldn't be able to, because some guys do sign in November and December. And now teams can start to put together what their team's going to look yeah, like. Yeah, who cares about that? So, but but in terms of like January forcing 1st. more action in a smaller window, yes. that would work. Now the NBA and it's almost reverse because in the NBA and in the NFL, teams are before their salary cap money dries up, they're trying to get guys on their roster now. But there's no salary cap. It's like it's literally like you walk into a store and there's no price tags. And if you're a store owner, in theory, you could sit there and say. Oh, that T-shirt. Um, yeah, I'm gonna want. Uh, I'm gonna want fifty bucks for that T-shirt. And you could just like never sell a shirt because no one wants to pay fifty bucks, and you could just wait until forever because there's no parameters. I guess you know, you Darvish. Three? Hey, I want 150 million. Well, no one wants to pay you that. Well, I'm waiting. Three. That's what's customers happening. gonna need that shirt. Right. Three, three day wave signing with with players who have price tags on them. That's it. Combine them. Just have price tags. Oh, genius. Mark that one down. I'll take it. All right. Uh, Big events kick off Saturday, the Masters Agility Championship, followed by Monday and Tuesday, the 142nd Annual Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. It just so happens that Shannon Sharp is going to be taking some vacation from arguing with Skip Bayless. And it coincides with his vacation. Shannon, apparently a huge dog lover, loves himself some puppies, some canines. And he said, you know what? I'm going (laughs) to volunteer. Fox is covering Westminster. I am going to volunteer and do some work covering this because this sounds like a great bit of fun. First of all, before the question, Phil, I would like to know what it sounds like, Shannon Sharp, covering the Westminster Dog Show. Well, for, uh, I have a question back for you. Does he love, before I do it, does he love dogs in the way that Michael Vick loves dogs? Very or does he different. love dogs? Okay. No, he's got Instagram now, Skip, photos gonna, all over. Now, Skip, you're going to tell me, Skip, now, you're going to tell me, Skip, that this Border Collie is not the great. Look at how athletic and sleek the fur is on that Border Collie. Now, Skip, mm. you do, you're going to tell me that the Dallas Cowboys are more entertaining than the Westminster Dog Show? Come on, Skip. Come on. Question is, <laughs> if you put yourself in the shoes of Shannon Sharp, sort of, oh, yeah. if you were to take vacation and volunteer to cover any event non-sports related, what would it be? That's why I'd like the Cleveland Browns to get the dog pound. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> dog pound. Got them dogs. Oh. Come on, skip. Oh, come back, skip. I would, uh, I would do, I, if I could cover something that's non-sports, the upfronts in New York when, when all the n- networks parade their new shows out is what I would do. Just of, to see if there's another Law & Order coming? Yeah, Law & Order. I mean, I might meet, I might see some people I really like as far as actors and actresses. I'm willing to bet that there's pretty good free food and drink at those things. Uh, you know, you file a couple stories about the new show coming up, the the inevitable spinoff that they'll do of This Is Us, that NBC is certain to do now, that This Is Us is so popular. Yeah, I would do that. Coming up after This Is Us, we are them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave that crackpot on, Jerry! <laughs> Turn the crackpot off! Remember what happened on the other show? Uh, can I, actually, there's an event that I, I did cover once, and I would love to cover it again. 
that's they air it on ESPN, but it's not sports. The World Series of Poker. Mm-hmm. It's either the most horribly boring experience of your life if you're not that into poker, because the tournament lasts the main event. It lasts like two full weeks, like twelve days or something, and then the final table might start at noon and finish up at seven o'clock in the morning the next morning. Oh. So if you're not really in on it and you don't really see the whole cards and you can't see what they're yeah. doing, it's boring. If you're a huge poker dweeb and geek like me, it's really fun to sit up all night and watch these guys play chess against each other on the felt with whole cards How do you and not, chips. So you don't like start to fall asleep? I mean, sometimes if it's, if it's really boring, if no one's talking. I like yes. the upfronts, okay? I'm doing the upfronts. <laughs> I think I'd rather do yours. We are them. Is that the name of the show? Yeah, that's it. We are them. I like it. We are them. <laughs> about this one too <laughs> who left the electric skillet on oh, no. <laughs> uh, final question then uh this is the first weekend here in what about five months that there's no college football and no pro football very sad a are you just a little bit excited to have the weekend free of football or are you dreading it right now and b what are you gonna do on sunday you know I think I'm good on the football. I think the the fact that we just had the Super Bowl in town and a Vikings playoff run, we squeezed a lot of toothpaste out of the football tube this year. So I'm good with football until their whatever their next primetime special is, like live from the combine, where these beefy SEC linemen are going to run 40s. It's going to take them a half hour. Um, like that's probably the next thing that I will maybe tune in for. What will I do on Sunday without football? That's a really good question. I haven't even thought that far ahead yet because it's so. It's like you wake oh. up, you get into the routine for six months. You wake up in the morning, you flip on uh, old Rex on ESPN. I'm all set. Rich Eisen, what are you going to do? It is brunch season. Oh God, kicks off on Sunday. Already got plans. Brunch season. Where are you guys going to go? You going to get into a little blood, Bloody Mary and a see. chaser, or what's going to happen? Oh, one. <laughs> the wife will have more than one, I guarantee you. I'll probably stick with uh, a couple beers myself. But yeah, it's brunch brunch season from now until uh, till July. What for brunch? What is your your time definition on that? And then how early do you drink beer? Like, do you have a a morning beer cutoff? Um, brunch starts. My time definition of brunch is is probably. I think we're going on Sunday. We're going to meet friends at eleven. So not not too late, but certainly not. Nine o'clock. I'll probably have my first beer eleven fifteen or so. But would you ever have a beer before eleven o'clock? Do you have a cutoff? No, no. I, I would have <laughs> one when I get there. Now, I, if I went at ten, I, I probably wouldn't have one before ten. But I wouldn't be up. So if I was, I might. But I would say, I would say realistically, starting probably brunch season, beer drinking kicks off eleven o'clock ish. Do the Zolgads prefer the menu brunch or the buffet brunch? Menu brunch. Ooh, I completely disagree. I, oh I no! Disagree I, and, too. and I and wait, wait, wait. And I'm with I, Dave on this. And I'm with you guys. But where the wife likes to go, you don't have the buffets really. It's very menu oriented. You can put your foot down once in a while. You know what? But the, here's the problem. I let her choose. <laughs> I let her choose, and I can't think. I'm trying to think of the last time that we went to a brunch place that had the buffet. It's been a while. Oh, I love the buffet. She likes to pick those more eclectic around town diners and things that don't have have the buffets. I en- I love a good buffet, but I will say this: you can be very pleasantly surprised sometimes if you order off the menu. 
You can, but you can't really mix it up. The buffet, you can go up and get some cheesy scrambled saying. eggs and bacon. And oh, oh, there's some prime rib over there. Oh, look at and the, a little bit of pasta. I think I'll yeah, have it all. Look, it's a salmon bagel buffet yes. area. Salmon bagel bar. And yes. I will have that. Pancake I'm not. Criti- there I'm too. not criticizing. I'm not judging. You, I'm with you guys. All I'm saying is that she gets to choose, and the places that she chooses rarely have the full buffet. They ordinarily just have the you you sit down at the table and have to order off the menu. Can I speaking of brunch? Can I give you guys an impromptu rank them here to criticize my Ooh, fellow millennials? Please. Okay. Number three. Things that millennials think they invented, but they didn't. <laughs> my fellow millennials. Okay, go ahead. Number three, brunch. You didn't invent brunch. People were eating food on the weekends oh, you, you between come, 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. You didn't come close. Like, right. But like millennials, we think we invented brunch oh, no. and we're wrong. Like we think we made brunch popular. It's just no. like people were still meeting their friends and drinking Bloody Marys and having foods that might fall into either... Lunch or breakfast or some gray area between 10, 20, 50 years ago, yeah, 60, 70, 100 years yeah. ago. It, yes. it happened before the year 2005. I told that wife, uh, my wife, about that phenomenon uh, about a month or so ago because we had a very similar situation where many millennials claiming they invented brunch. And I got a little <laughs> bit too ticked off than I probably should have been. And she's like, what are you talking about? Honestly, if you Google millennials inventing brunch, you will find hit after hit of people bitching about exactly that's what true. you just said. It's true. It's unbelievable. Well, well, okay, so that's number three. Number two. Uh, number two thing that millennials think they invented but didn't, trucker hats. Yes. First mm-hmm. of all, truckers were wearing those hats decades ago. Mm-hmm. My grandpa used to drive truck all throughout the Midwest. He's been wearing trucker hats since like the 1940s. Okay? I did not know this. Like you see millennials all the time with their trendy they... little like mesh back hats yeah. and this. Oh, it's a snapback. It's a snapback. <laughs> no, it's the same hat that everyone's been wearing wow. for decades. You didn't invent the snapback or the trucker hat. All right. Okay. I'm excited to see what number one is. Yeah. I was <laughs> number one is yeah. walk into any bar after midnight and go to a group of drunk millennials when Journey comes on. You did not invent the band Journey or the song Don't Stop Believing. Or, but that's my tune. Or or Sweet Caroline. In fact, let's throw let's throw a Neil Diamond in there too. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. No, like those songs came out for your grandparents dating like in the 70s. So no, you did not invent Journey. You did not invent trucker hats. You did not invent brunch, fellow millennials. The trucker Ridiculous. hats thing I didn't even know about. Oh, look at like go I, look around. I mean, I've seen them, but I never even thought that they thought that they were the. You know, uh, that's just something that was brought back. You know, maybe this is my own personal like thing to get over. So, have you guys ever heard of Soda Clothing Company? Yeah, it's an awesome. It, they make awesome stuff. The best clothing company. They make the best stuff. S O T A, Judd, like Minnesota. Okay. Soda. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they don't make like pop shirts. <laughs> yeah, I was Check say. out Die my Pepsi Cola. This one is seventies and it's new. Sun kissed. All right. <laughs> I got a retro RC. <laughs> Hold on. Here's a Rondo. <laughs> so there's a gr- you might notice because every dude between the age of twenty three and thirty three wears this hat now. It's a gray front and like a black mesh, and it has kind of a circle. The two like, paddle deal. Like thirty two, the thirty second state with the two paddle. So I, I bought that hat like four years ago, and that company was new. Thought, oh, this is cool. Like it's a Minnesota clothing company. I stopped wearing it a year ago because everywhere I go in public, Target, wherever, like baseball stadiums, yep. 19 guys walk by with that hat on now. Because millennials invented the snapback hat. No, it's Minnesota. And I love that company. But you did not invent that hat. <laughs> I really like that hat. It's a and cool I hat. won't buy it for that exact same reason. Yes. 
It's my favorite hat, and I can't wear it. I learned, yes. I've learned so much today. It's far too popular. I've learned so much. I did not re- realize that they also thought that they invented brunch. Because that's absolutely ridiculous. It is. It's absurd. This, this false Dawn sense invented of invention. Brunch. We all know that. My wife invented brunch. Phil <laughs> Mackey, Judd Zolgad. The Minnetonka Police Department's investigative unit described the relationship between the two as on again, off again at a press conference this morning. Mackey and Judd. He also said there's been a history of domestic incidents between the two on 1500 ESPN. Help fight type 1 diabetes by joining 1500 ESPN and Channel 5 and 45 at Mall of America Saturday, February 24th for the JDRF One Walk. Join Team KSTP, co-captained by 1500 ESPN Phil Mackey and Channel 5's Chris Eggert and Megan Newquist. You can help us raise money for type 1 diabetes research. For more details and to join the team, head to 1500ESPN.com keyword events. Together we can turn type 1 into type None. Turning up and turning down. I'm turning in and turning round. Turning Japanese. Turning Japanese. <laughs> this is too good. Really think so. <laughs> turning Japanese. No way, turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese. Wow. Turning Japanese. I really Please tell me this went so. platinum. That did not go platinum. I don't remember. I'd have to look back at the email to see who sent us this. But that's not Paul Anka. That is from SCTV. That is Rick Moranis. Is it really? That's, that was turning, Rick Moranis? Yes. Rick oh. Moranis covering Turning Japanese. That's really you know, good. Rick Moranis, you never wonder, like, why is, like, that guy hasn't done anything in a while. He retired 20 years ago. Yeah. He just has, he's just been, like, with his family and... He did. Uh, he did the Ghostbuster stuff, the Honey I Shrunk or blew up the kids stuff. Which did is some like voiceover. Three work. of those, right? He might have. Yeah, he might have done some voiceover work throughout the years, but his on-camera stuff has mm-hmm. basically been done for twenty years. Mm-hmm. The world needs more Rick Moranis. You know what, millennials? You want to bring something back to popularity? Forget about brunch. Bring back Rick Moranis. If millennials can bring back Rick Moranis, I think I'll buy back in. Logan tweets in. Enough with the millennial bashing. I doubt we think we invented those brunch trucker hats and journey. But we've made them cooler, popular again. I got to tell you, as a fellow millennial, no, we did well, not. No, no. no. And not with brunch. People have always been drinking and eating on the weekends yes. over that you, period of time. Just because you talk about doing something does not mean that you brought it back. It's just on social. Because like, you're posting on your Instagram account. Brunch was not dead. No, like we, we just didn't post about it on Instagram. Correct. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, New York Post from uh, March of last year. Millennials have officially ruined brunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a it's little true, strong, we too. Have. Well, I don't know. You ruined it. But just because you talk about doing something and and that you, that you as you just said, post about it does not mean that it was dead. See, see, that's the difference. If something goes away and you bring it back, good for you. But if something is always there and, and you just happen to publicize the fact that you're doing it, you get no credit. By the way, yeah, and millennials didn't bring back Journey. Arnell Pineda did. Neil Schoen found Arnell Pineda on YouTube like 10 years ago. And that's why they're back in. That's why they're oh, going yeah. to be at Target Field. I mean, it's going to be like Journey and somebody else doing a stadium show really? this year. So I guess millennials are to thank that Journey is back doing stadiums, not Neil Schoen and Arnell Pineda. And plus, as, as far as, as songs go, um, teams have been playing Don't Stop Believing late in games for how long now? 25 years? So, okay, so you think it's cool and fun. Once again, that does not mean that it's your song. And how long have the Red Sox been singing along yes. to Sweet Caroline? Yeah. 
Right. Maybe the 04 Red Sox brought that back because they won the World Series. <laughs> I was going to say, early 2000s, yeah. Yeah. So you don't you don't get credit. Sorry, you don't get any credit. Uh, Colin tweets, and thank you. I love the look of that hat, too, the soda clothing hat. But I can't buy it because seemingly every dude I know wears it every time they go to go to the bar. Yes. It sucks, too, because it's such an awesome hat. It's a great logo. So I only wear it if I'm just going to be around the studio and not in public or if I'm in another city. I'll wear it and I'll wear it if I'm on a trip. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, I'll wear it in Chicago or I'll wear it People in like, Dude, that's such a cool hat. Wisconsin. Where can I get one of those? Can't. Sorry. <laughs> They're sold out, apparently. <laughs> Every guy in Minnesota between the Already ages of 20 one. and 40 has one. Oh, man. All right. Let's talk to Dave Pash when we come back here. So Dave Pash is doing the Wolves and Bulls game tonight. He's also a frequent contributor, without him knowing this, to stuff you should know about because we always play his clips and exchanges with Bill Walton. So we'll talk to Dave Pash, and uh, hopefully he's a good sport when we come back here and we can talk more Timberwolves. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's Sentence Clarity Rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.